From ancient times, the Liturgy of the Hours has served as the public and communal prayer of God's people. It has been called the Vox Sponsae, the voice of a bride, addressed to her bridegroom. It is the very prayer which Christ himself, together with his church, offers to the Father for the glory of God and the salvation of the world. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Vogue Sponsae, a podcast on the Liturgy of the Hours brought to you by the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. My name is Nathan Wakefield and I am your host. I serve as the director here at the House of Prayer. And before we get started with our episode today, I just want to mention a few things. First, we are accepting guests at our retreat center. So if you're interested in taking a personal or a group retreat, please give us a call at 814-676-1910, or you can email us at info at liturgyofthehours.org. Second, we have gotten a number of emails asking us about our Liturgy of the Hours workshops. While we will be having one on site sometime in the fall, for those who would like to schedule an online tutorial, whether as an individual or group, you can email us and we'll set up a Zoom meeting. These uh, We started doing these tutorials uh back when the virus first first hit and they've worked really well we've had a number of folks reach out to us and we've you know set up a zoom conference and the nice thing about these online tutorials is we're able to customize it to what individuals or groups need uh, so you know some have wanted to really just kind of hone in on a on the practical aspect of praying the liturgy of the hours so the how-to others have wanted to know a little bit more about the history the background the theology of the liturgy of the hours so that we've been able to do that um, some groups or individuals want to just focus on the christian prayer book which is a single volume uh, book that consists of morning evening and some daytime and night prayers uh, and then others have wanted to do just the four volume set which encompasses everything that you need to pray with the church throughout the whole year, starting with office of readings all the way through to night prayer. So if you want to do that, just uh, get in touch with us and we'll set up a Zoom meeting and uh, and we can do that. Lastly, please leave us a review if you can on Apple Podcasts. This helps us spread the word about Vogue Sponsae. This gets us on the on the map, so to speak, and uh, helps, uh, in, helps boost our ratings uh, so that more and more people uh, come across this. And so uh, please... Uh, leave us a review. Also, if you would like to write us with any questions or suggestions that you have, you can email us at, again, at info at liturgyofthehours.org. And uh, yeah, let us know uh, what are some of the things that you'd like to hear discussed? What are some of the suggestions that you have for ways that we can improve on the podcast, etc.? So uh, please email us. So that's that. Uh, I know some of you are waiting for part two of our interview with the founder of the House of Prayer, Wayne Hepler. Unfortunately, if trying to work out schedules and trying to get things uh, so that we can we can put that together, uh, we haven't been able to yet, but I hope to in the next couple weeks here. So uh, bear with us, be patient, and we'll get part two of that interview up as soon as we can. Uh, so today, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do a short podcast on the general instructions of the Liturgy of the Hours. And uh, the last time we did this, uh, we were focusing on the Liturgy of the Hours and its relationship to the Eucharist. Uh, today, what we're going to do is we're going to discuss paragraph 13 on the priesthood of Christ in the Liturgy of the Hours. And this is really fascinating, and it can kind of get, maybe get a little bit dense uh, theologically, uh, but I think it has huge implications for how we understand the nature of this prayer and therefore how we enter into it. So paragraph 13 of the gen- in the general instructions of the Liturgy of the Hours states this, 
in the Holy Spirit, Christ carries out through the church the task of redeeming humanity and giving perfect glory to God, not only when the Eucharist is celebrated and the sacraments administered, but also in other ways, and especially when the liturgy of the hours is celebrated. There, Christ himself is present in the gathered community, in the proclamation of God's word, in the prayer and song of the church. So first off, you know, paragraph 13 says that it is in the Holy Spirit that Christ carries out through the church the task of redeeming humanity and giving perfect glory to God. So already we're reading of here that it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that Christ is associating us with his work of redeeming humanity and giving perfect glory to God. This is absolutely essential for understanding the nature of liturgy. Because liturgy is not just something that we do for God. It's something that God has already done in himself. Specifically, in Christ. So when the second person of the, person of the Trinity becomes incarnate, born of the Virgin Mary, becomes man, he takes our humanity into himself. He takes humanity into the Godhead. He takes us up into his work. And God's work in Christ is that of redemption, of saving us, saving souls, and redeeming all of mankind. And it is also giving, giving perfect glory to God. So there's a twofold mission that Christ has, and that is to save mankind and to give perfect glory to the Father. And what he does in, the, in and through the power of the Holy Spirit, which he gives to us, is he associates us with that work. So it's not just him doing this work. It's not just him doing this work for us. It's him bringing us to participate in the work that he is doing. And this is huge because then prayer becomes not so much something that I am doing, I am trying to do of my own volition, of my own will, of my own strength and my powers. It's not something that I'm trying to do for God. It's something that I am being invited into. It's something that I am participating in. And I know that my prayer is often conditioned by my own perception of what I need at any given moment, or perhaps what I perceive to be true at any, any given moment. So rather than me relying on my own weakness and my own kind of imperfect attempts at offering to God my prayer, what I'm being invited into when I enter into liturgical prayer is I'm being invited to enter into Christ's prayer. And I know that his prayer is a perfect prayer. It is a prayer of God within God. It is a prayer that God gives to himself, offers to himself. It is a prayer that the word is eternally offering to the Father. And because the word has taken on flesh, he has invited me, he has made me a participant in his prayer. 
he has associated me with his prayer. So that's a, a really big, a big deal. And so this kind of, this is a priesthood. This priesthood of Christ is understood this way when we talk about the liturgy of the hours, is that from all eternity, you know, blessed Columba Marmion, you, you'll hear me talk about him a number of times. You probably already have, and, and you will continue to hear me talk about it. He writes so beautifully on the divine office uh, and prolifically. But one of the things that he points out is that from all eternity, the word is, he calls the word the eternal canticle of praise. He is the reflection of the Father's glory. And as such, he is an eternal canticle of praise of the Father. And, and so what he does is that he come, when he becomes man, when the word becomes flesh, what he does is he introduces into our earthly exile. This is now the language of the catechism, which, uh, or the language of Sacrosanctum Concilium from the Second Vatican Council, who borrowed this language from Pius Twelfth and Mediator Dei. So he introduces... The word introduces into this earthly exile the hymn of praise that he has rendered and offered to his father from all eternity. And so he, and the way that he does that is he doesn't just come in the flesh and give us something from heaven. He actually comes in the flesh and takes up something that he had already inspired in the context of salvation history. He takes up the Psalms the divine praises that he had inspired through David, he takes those up and he makes them his own prayer. He, he takes what is ours and, may, and gives us what is his. So he takes up what is ours and in doing so, he gives us what is his, the eternal praise, the eternal praise. He associates us by taking what is ours, he associates us with what is his. And so every time that we take up the church's prayer, which consists mostly of the Psalms, what we are doing is we are taking up Christ's own prayer that he now and forever offers to the Father. And this is, you know, this is a powerful thing to think about. This is something that, you know, as you, as you open up your breviary, as, as you open up your, the liturgy of the hours and you begin to pray the Psalms, you know that the, these are words this is a prayer that is that has not originated with you. It's been it's been given to you. It's been gifted to you by Christ Himself, and this has become, through Him, has become the means by which we can be associated with His prayer and His praise. And what does this bring about? This brings about when we take up this prayer, it brings about the redemption of humanity, and it also is the means by which we give perfect glory to God. So because Christ himself, the word of God, the second person of the Trinity, has introduced into this earthly exile this hymn of praise and has taken up what is ours. He has taken up the Psalms that he himself has inspired in salvation history, and he has imbued them with divinity. He has imbued them with sanctity. He has imbued them with perfect praise and thanksgiving because he has shared this gift with us and he now offers this he now offers this on our behalf and he has associated us with this work it is now it is now become 
the very means by which we can participate in the redemption of all of humanity and give perfect glory to the Father. So, altogether, the priesthood of Christ in the Liturgy of the Hours really relies on the Incarnation, the Incarnation that God became man, and He didn't only become man in order to save us from our sins. He became man to associate us with His work, which was both the salvation of mankind, but it was also the giving of perfect glory to the Father. And so He took up, He took up our prayers. He took up the prayers of Israel. He took up the praises of Israel that he himself had inspired, and he made them his own. And in gifting them to us, he has now associated us with his perfect work of redeeming humanity and giving glory to God. Now this goes, this paragraph goes on to say that it is there, speaking of the prayer of the church, the liturgy of the hours, it is there that Christ himself is present. And then it gives three ways that Christ himself is present when the liturgy of the hours are celebrated. First, there Christ himself is present in the gathered community. We have reiterated this time and time again, almost to the point where people are probably tired of it, but nonetheless, you can't ignore this. You can't overlook this. This is everywhere on the teaching of the liturgy of the hours that this prayer is public and communal by nature. It is not a private devotion. It is not something that's even intended to be prayed individually. It's permitted to be prayed individually. It's, but that's the exception. It's not treated as the norm. And so this is a public offering that is intended to be offered with others. And so in Christ himself is present in a unique way, in the Liturgy of the Hours, when it's prayed as a gathered community. This is one of the reasons why it is our mission at the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, not just to pray the Liturgy of the Hours and promote the Liturgy of the Hours, but we do it, we kind of qualify that and say that we pray and promote the Liturgy of the Hours as the public and communal prayer of the Catholic Church. And so our goal is always to have as much as we can, as and we don't do this perfectly, but as much as we can, we aim to have every hour that is offered covered by at least two people so that we can meet the quorum that Jesus himself has sent, has set for us, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I myself am present. So Christ promises his presence. He comes to meet us. He is present in a unique way in the gathered community when we are gathered for prayer. The second thing is that Christ himself is present not only in the gathered community, but in the proclamation of God's word. In the liturgy of the hours, we proclaim God's word. We not only pray God's word, but in the reading that we have for each of the hours of prayer, we proclaim his word. We proclaim the word of God that he has inspired in sacred scripture. And this is a very powerful thing. And Christ is present in this proclamation. He comes to us. It is not just, you know, as we read, and I believe it's, it's either first or second Peter, that it's not just, it's not the words of men, but it true it is the word of God. It truly is the word of God. 
And it's not just a matter of man's personal interpretation, but it is the word of God that he has given to us in and through sacred scripture. And so Christ is present in a unique way when the word is proclaimed in the liturgy of the hours. And then lastly, it says that Christ himself is present not only in the gathered community, in the proclamation of the word, but all together in the prayer and the song of the church. And so in the liturgy of the hours as a whole, Christ promises that he is present. He is present to us in this prayer, in and through this prayer. And I think the reason for this is because he has a, it is through the liturgy of the hours, it's through the divine praises that are offered in the office that we are associated with his work of praise. And so when we come to pray one of the hours, let's say you get up in the morning and you begin your day, you kind of put on a cup, cup of coffee, you sit down and you pray with your spouse or you pray with your children or pray with a roommate. Um, you, you pray together the morning prayer for that day. And as soon as you begin, God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. In that moment, you enter a prayer that is already going on. You enter a prayer that is has been happening from all eternity. You are being joined to the prayer of Christ himself. And from that point forward, every word that you pray is inspired by God. Every word that you pray has been inspired by God, has been gifted to us through the Holy Spirit. And, and so we can trust that this is an unshakable prayer. We can have confidence in this prayer. This prayer stirs up in us and I think increases the virtues of faith, hope, and charity. They, what I have found lately is that this prayer, just by praying it, just by being faithful to pray in the liturgy of the hours, it calls forth hope, faith and hope, total trust and abandonment to God, a love for, for him. And, you know, this is one of the greatest gifts that we can have is to leave this prayer, leave this prayer and really have a sense of that we belong to Christ, that we can trust him for all things. So I think for this reason, this prayer becomes indispensable for us. You know, John Paul II said that he wanted the liturgy of the hours to become the prayer of the whole people of God. This was certainly the, the desire of the Second Vatican Council, but John Paul II really took this up, especially in his letter to the church in the new millennium. He said that he wanted the church to be disti distinguished in the art of prayer. And he said, if Christians didn't have a prayer that was big enough to fill the whole of their lives, they would not only be Christians, mediocre Christians, but they would be Christians at risk. So it's really for these, it's for these reasons that we'll find as we move on through the general instructions, especially to the next paragraph, that the church teaches that the liturgy of the hours is a source for holiness a growth in sanctity, conformity to Christ. It's because it the liturgy of the hours associates us with the very prayer of Christ. Thanks be to God that we have this great gift that we can offer to God and, get, and through which we can participate 
in Christ's work of redeeming humanity and giving perfect glory to the Father. So I encourage you uh, in your praying of the office, in your praying of the liturgy of the hours, to press on, to persevere in those times when it may feel dry, when in those times when it may not be all that exciting, in those times when you might not have anybody to pray with. You're kind of wondering, am I doing it? You know, you're just beginning and you're wondering, am I kind of, am I doing this right? You know, give yourself to this labor knowing that uh, it is not in vain. That when you, when we pray the Liturgy of the Hours, we are promised that we can join in the prayer of Christ himself. And that this gains for us graces beyond measure. Graces by which we ourselves can not only become holy and become conformed to Christ, but also the grace and the means by which we can participate in his salvific work in the world. So we'll leave this episode at that. Uh, I do want to pray for us uh, the traditional prayer that we pray at the close of the divine office. Uh, But again, just uh, to remind you that uh, as I did at the beginning, we are taking guests at our retreat center. Uh, So if you want to come out and visit us, uh, please get in touch with us. Also, if you'd like to uh, schedule an online tutorial on the office on praying the Liturgy of the Hours, or if you know somebody who just began praying the Liturgy of the Hours and could really use some help, uh, reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to, we love to do that. This is part of my work. This is what I'm devoted to. This is uh, really the gift that I want to be able to share with as many people as possible. Uh, so uh, I'm more than happy to, to schedule out time uh, to, to lead somebody and to help them Uh, discover this prayer, uh, discover this prayer that I believe will truly change their life. Uh, And then lastly, uh, please leave us a review. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to your podcast and help us spread the word about Vox Monse so that we can continue to spread devotion uh, to the prayer of Christ that he has left to his church. So with that, let us pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen to the most holy and undivided trinity, to the humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ crucified, to the fruitful virginity of the most blessed and glorious Mary ever virgin, and to the whole company of the saints be everlasting praise, honor, and glory by all creatures, and to us remission of all sins, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. Thank you for listening to Vox Sponse, a podcast on the Liturgy of the Hours brought to you by the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, a Catholic retreat center in the Diocese of Erie, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours, the public and communal prayer of the Catholic Church. For more information, visit us online at liturgyofthehours.org.